1: Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast.
0: Ah, yeah, how you doing? What's going on, buddy? Oh man, it's been too long. Fuck, it's good to see you, man. I, I guess the last time we saw each other was the when you're out uh, with the boys in Broken Love and yeah, real it was quick, a wi- real wild quick Night. So, not not that it surprises me that you got into that camp, but how did you uh, how did you meet those boys? Because like for me, they're probably. I don't know, top, t- certainly top 10 best rock band of the last 10 years in Canada.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Justin's amazing. And uh, basically, I I remember right before COVID happened, I saw them play at the Fox when uh, they were on tour with Royal Tusk, I believe, in Vancouver there. Okay. Um, and I briefly met Justin. Like I don't even think he remembers me from then. But uh, basically, when I moved to Toronto last summer, I played those shows with the Lazies. Mm-hmm. uh and we played the horseshoe and justin came out to the horseshoe um because we have a friend a mutual friend and she kind of told him to come come check me out and stuff so we you know shot the shit and stuff like that after the show and i kind of just you know told him like hey listen if you ever need a merch guy on tour like call me i'm the guy uh <laughs> nice and it was more of like you know more of a i didn't think it was actually gonna happen but uh then we got closer to the dates or whatever, and. uh Yeah, it happened. And uh, even like a few weeks after we we met there at the horseshoe, I sent him uh, not numbering the song I released, but uh, a different song, Wounded, that we did together as well. Mm. And uh, yeah, he basically, he was like, this is is really rad. Like, I'm gonna redo the demo and get back to you. And I think maybe something like two months later, because they went on the road right after that. But like two months later, he sent me like this totally revamped demo of that song. And I was like, fuck, like, cool you, uh, you definitely need to produce
0: this so, so yeah that's kind of <laughs> how it started yeah that's deadly and uh, i'm just thinking like how far back do we go i know that uh you know people that regularly listen to this podcast would know you from the followays. yeah uh but we go i would say it's at least 10 years right
1: eh? uh maybe not 10 years but i would say like six like, or seven
0: gotta be damn near like i was playing was i playing any of your stuff when i was working at Fox? uh no no you okay not. So no, it's so just the podcast.
1: It was yeah, it was a little. Which bit is outside. nine nine years. Yeah, yeah, but I remember even because when we first moved to Vancouver as the followers, we had a really tough time getting into the scene, right? And it was uh, it was only once we started doing those house shows that we kind of started getting in with the other bands and stuff like that. And I remember from the start, I was like, "We gotta get a Toddcast podcast show, like <laughs> <laughs> that's what we gotta do." And then by by the time we started actually like doing your shows, I was like, "You know what, like." I don't. I don't want to be that band that plays, you know, ten times a year in the same city. So if we're gonna play a show, let's make it worth it. Let's do a podcast show because yeah, cause, yeah. You, know, you, you always put the extra the extra effort into uh, the well everything that goes behind getting a, a good show up, and I, I appreciate that. So
0: yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of work. Just it does take a lot social of work. media shit, yeah. like, dude, I'm on fucking my phone, like just inviting wow. thousands of people, and like it's on right. Like a few new shows, man. It's, yeah, we're not messing around. No. So so tell us about your uh well, I guess I mean it's not a new project for you but it's certainly going to be new new I guess for a lot of people listening coster simply put it's just coster now. Yeah. So tell us about tell us a bit about this and like why the change from uh from followays to to what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, well I mean, you know the followers kind of everybody kind of dissolved out of that situation and it left me uh, there's a while where I kind of wanted to keep the followways going and, you know, I was kind of just picking up the, the broken pieces. But I, I realized pretty quick that uh, it's just better if I do my own thing because then I can do it on my own time. I kind of uh, was kind of got in the, the whole followways thing as well. Like I was putting the most effort into it. And that kind of creates a little bit of separation between, between the band as well. Right. If uh, yeah, one sure. person's putting, putting more in, so this way, this way is great. Like it puts more financial stress on me in a sense, but like I surround myself, especially here, like I'm surrounding myself with people that that really like make a difference. Like the amount of progress that I've made uh, since moving to Toronto is like more progress than I made in five or six years before that. So it's, it's pretty crazy in that sense. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice because now I, I get to hire my guys. I got to pick my guys. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's there's no messing around. And, to the you know, working with Justin from Broken Love, working with Coen from Sum 41, I got Leon from The Lazies. Like, I got Greg, my manager, like all these amazing... Even the people that I'm living with right now, like Johnny. I'm in Johnny's room right now. His uh, parents, Jim and Judy, I'm living with them. And, uh, like, Jim's an incredible guitar player, so every time I have a song idea or something, Johnny's a great producer engineer. We get these awesome demos together and it's just, you know, it's really, uh, it's adding up very quickly here. That's cool.
0: That's cool. Cause I I do. I remember when you were, you had texted me saying like, dude, I'm fucking leaving, man. I'm going to Toronto. And when I saw that, I was like, you know, as much as I hated seeing you leave, you know, you were in my opinion, one of the integral pieces of the scene here for the, for a good duration of time. But it's like, it's, it's needed, isn't it? Like, you need to go to a bigger city. You need to be able to play in different markets. You need yeah. to be able to kind of, you know, showcase your stuff with other artists and stuff. So, so T Dot is going pretty it's, good for you right now, Ed. It's
1: doing good, man. You know, you want to hear one of the craziest stories I've had since since I've gotten here? So, uh, my manager, you know, is Mike Weckerley or Mike um from uh, like Dragon Stand. He owns the Yama combo, right? Yeah. Um, so, the after party for the Canadian songwriting hall of fame last year in September was at the Elmo and my manager's like, Hey, I got us in, like we should go network, whatever, whatever. And like, I I remember I worked like a 15 hour day. It was just a brutal day. And like I was hanging out at Greg, my manager's house before we went down there and I didn't even really feel like going honestly, Mm -hmm. but I I basically set no expectations for the night and I got in there and it was kind of like, we were some of the first people in there. And then everybody from this, uh, the songwriting uh i guess there was it was uh where was it held at massey hall it's like all like nickelback like everybody showed up at once kind of thing on a bus and then all of a sudden uh my manager's wife came looking for me she like, like wex looking for you wex looking for you and like i went to introduce myself to Weck because like Weck loves my music because greg had a meeting with him a few weeks prior and man this guy just like made me feel right at home like put his arm around me introduced me to everybody Like, and he owns this venue so everybody's talking to him right like he didn't yeah yeah yeah. he stuck by me for like 15 20 minutes introduced me to everybody he Was like this guy right here this is the next guy and uh, so that was pretty crazy in itself but then later in the night remember i went upstairs and mike saw me again and we started talking and i was like mike you should show me the green room like let's go check the green room out because you got to take an elevator to go to the green room up there Okay. And we're in the elevator, and he looks at me, and he's like, "I love doing crazy shit, man. You want to play a song tonight?" And I was like, oh, well, I thought he was joking, right?" And my manager's like, "Yeah, he'll play a song." Um, and then yeah, <laughs> he just threw me on stage, and I, I even uh, this this girl Robin Black was there. She was singing at the actual uh, songwriting Hall of Fame uh, award ceremony. She just like learned my song in like five minutes, and she came on stage with me, and we just tore it up. It was like. It was the craziest thing for me because that stuff to me, I don't think that could even happen in Vancouver. Like, no, (laughs) like, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it was pretty crazy to see that just just happen. And it kind of gave me uh, an early on idea that I was in the right place.
0: Yeah. And when when did you start like playing music and and I guess writing your own songs and, and that sort of thing?
1: uh i mean like i guess high school i started playing drums first so me and my buddy would kind of like play all the uh arts festivals and stuff in high school and i was playing drums mostly and then when i was getting into like grade 11 and 12 i started kind of playing guitar like i i'm not a great guitar player i'm never gonna be a great guitar player i can write cool riffs and i can write the structures of the song and i think you know i'm getting great at at songwriting and that's kind of what i want to put my focus into anyways and obviously my my vocals um but uh, that's kind of how it was in high school. And then I went to college. And in college, I actually started playing in a, in a band playing drums. Um, so I took mm. that pretty seriously. And the band was good. Like The band was really good. And I thought the band was going to go places. And then we got all these great songs together. Like We had good songs, the Blackbirds. And then the, the band just broke up. All the guys were fighting. And the band just wow. broke up. And it bummed me out to the point where I was like, I'm gonna fucking do this myself like i'm gonna yeah. i'm gonna sing i'm gonna write the songs i'm gonna yeah. spearhead the operation right um and then that's kind of when the i guess the songwriter part of it took off a bit um i mean like over that time i probably wrote you know 150 terrible songs and maybe five good ones right like there's a lot of yeah there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of progress that comes with it but uh, i think the main thing is just that i haven't quit
0: right and i think uh you know that's that's the thing is like just keep going i think that if you talk to the majority of good songwriters they'd say the same thing like every song is going to be a smash hit you gotta you gotta write some bombs before you get to the to the gems you know
1: 100 and
0: and so it seems like music has always been in your life i i would imagine then right so like what are you what are your parents playing like what are you growing up to what's the music being played in your house
1: that's the weird thing because like there wasn't really much like my dad really never listened to much music around me like okay so my parents own a bakery in burns lake bc where i was raised there's like three thousand people small town right i was born in switzerland we immigrated um my dad really never like he'd have like the country radio station on at work all the time he didn't he doesn't necessarily like country that's just what was available right sure um my mom would listen to like abba and stuff like that okay (laughs) as a child i I hated it which may
0: be the reason why you're a good songwriter
1: yeah, honestly, honestly, like looking back at ABBA now, like
0: great band, like they got some amazing songs. They are incredible, man! Incredible. Like insanely incredible. good. Yeah, and it's it's funny how you grow, like you you grow
1: to respect these things that you maybe don't like so much when you're when you're young. But uh, yeah. I mean, like one of the ways that I discovered music, well, the way that I discovered music, like Spotify wasn't around when I was thirteen or fourteen, so it was mainly like uh, much music. And like the much music video countdown and stuff like that and I remember seeing some 41 on on the on the countdown and being like, these, these guys look like you know just a couple punks that don't take life too seriously and just don't really give a shit and I mm-hmm. love that and I love that and that really like resonated with me, I think and I think that was like one of my first bands that I really connected
0: with in that sense. would you say that that's one of your first musical memories or do you go even further back?
1: uh yeah i don't know necessarily about musical memories but like revelations in terms of like Mm. i feel like i could be a part of this i think that might have been the first one yeah
0: Mm. Mm. and and what was the first concert that you saw what 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 still stands out from that from that from that night
1: uh the first concert i ever saw so it's funny it was actually three days grace headlining who i loved yeah and the used was supposed to play second and then ill scarlet um, so all three of those bands are really. I was really into the Used at that point, mm. and the the day before the show, the Used bailed.
0: <laughs> oh no! And
1: I was so gutted because I had to like drive to Prince George, which is like a, a ways away
0: from Burns Lake. It's a truck, yeah.
1: Um, and then Default replaced them, and at the time, I was like, "Oh, Default! uh oh. like I don't know who these guys are, but Default sure. killed it too." So it's like. You know, all these all these things happen for a reason. I, I think, um, and I actually like. I had the opportunity to write a song with uh, Jeremy from Default. Oh,
0: horror. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that, so that was it. pretty cool. It's, it's um, good to
0: see those guys back out on the road and and touring. And apparently, yeah. there's maybe some new music and like
1: exactly, yeah. Because they you just
0: mentioned uh, Ill Scarlet as well. Those guys are out on the road again, and yeah. like, fuck yeah, man, bring them all out.
1: There's there's so much good music, and it's it's nice to see when you know, even when there's like a periodic break or whatever. I feel like every band needs that, you know, like if you're touring touring your whole life, like like I know some 41 technically just called it quits after like 27 years or something. And, you know, that's like so much of their life. Like totally right. It's probably it's probably really nice to just be able to like hunker down for a bit and do their own thing. And like there's probably going to be a reunion tour at some point whatever. Right. Like, sure. Oh, yeah. Guaranteed. But getting that little time away and then that comeback is even bigger, right? So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. nice to see these bands coming back.
0: Mm-hmm. Jay, Jay, I know that you're, uh, you know, obviously with your project Coster, you're you're putting out new music. So there wasn't a lack of creativity during the the pandemic and the quarantine right. time and all that. But did you struggle during that time, or was it just you know same, same old?
1: It's funny because, like, so during quarant- or, yeah, quarantine, I guess, was when the followways were still together. And a lot of the bands in the scene were really bummed out because they couldn't play or whatever. But I feel like I really capitalized. I was one of the people that really capitalized on it because I just wrote songs. I mm. wrote, wrote as much songs as I could. And I just dove into that headfirst. And honestly, it was nice to not have to stress about the sh- shows in between. Um, so I could just kind of have these little creative ideas on and every day when I come home from work, I'd kind of like tap on a little more work on a demo whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no stress about like, yeah, we got to get rehearsed for a show and wh- whatever. But, uh, the way that I looked at it during quarantine was like, let's make the best of the situation at, at this moment right now. We have some time to write some songs and we have some inspiration behind it. So let's mm. let's do it.
0: Yeah. A lot of people, uh, you know, just kind of lost the muse. Yeah. Just lost the the drive to create and and be creative. Yeah, kind of can't blame them, I guess. So really, right? <laughs> it comes no, down to it. like, what a fucking what a downer two years that was, man.
1: It's a pretty downer two years, and then even like all the big bands that were you know booking those big tours and stuff, and they're constantly getting rescheduled, and it kind of weans people off buying tickets because they're like, "Is this even going to happen?" And mm-hmm. it just turned into a big mess. But uh, yeah, I mean, like I think the way now I look at life is like make the best of. Whatever situation, so.
0: Agreed. Uh, Jay, let's get us out of uh, music, what you're known for. Are you invested in this year's NHL playoffs? Do you give a shit?
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, so, uh, Jim, who I'm living with, he's a big, big Maple Leafs fan. Well, he's yeah. gen- generally a Montreal fan, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I can stand behind the Leafs. Uh, they're they're not looking uh, in the most uh, promising light right now. But rough. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> it's rough. rough it's not the best situation okay but uh you know it's one game at a time and that's a beautiful
0: thing about the playoffs so yeah
1: I think uh yeah we'll, we'll see what happens
0: I guess yeah. I it you was know, as a as a Canuck fan you can't really bag on them too much because we didn't even make it in so yeah there's that yeah.
1: and I'm not gonna lie I hate the Canucks like it's <laughs> not <laughs> the only reason I uh okay yeah I'm a Calgary fan
0: oh just, shit
1: when I grew where I grew up, BC, a lot of the jocks who didn't like me were Vancouver fans. So I was like, why would I be a Vancouver fan if these guys give me a hard time? You know, yeah, not going sure. to conform to that. Yeah. So uh, I chose Calgary because my best friend uh, growing up was a Calgary fan and Calgary really blew it this year too. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, I feel like whenever you're uh, invested in a sports team, you're always going to be heartbroken most of the time. But uh, yeah. But, I think toronto's a good team and they can't figure it out uh another team i'm kind of gunning for is the the devils oh um, yeah well oh. because they got a couple swiss guys on it and i always love seeing my 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 home country you know do yeah you do, do their best but uh i don't know they gotta they're playing right now i think i don't know if they're gonna survive this game against carolina they
0: are yeah and as soon as we're done this i'm fucking jumping over and yeah check. yeah me too i'll text yeah you. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what, what are you binge watching lately man
1: uh honestly man i haven't had time to binge watch much but uh, one thing i have been watching was rabbit hole
0: have, mm, you, have you heard of that,
1: that? no uh, i forget his name Kiefer sutherland or something like that you know that mm. guy yeah yeah um so like 24 and
0: yeah it's
1: uh it's hard to explain there's a lot going on in it but uh what is it on uh paramount i believe paramount's kind of what i've been going on another one that i've been watching was uh succession yeah yeah that's pretty good, good. i like that's that good, one man. um and then uh shrinking with jason seagal oh i've heard that's good yeah it's good it's great and, that, that's uh, on the the watch list but... yeah,
0: yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah no really really good really good okay yeah great cast and just yeah. Yeah, it's well done
0: but yeah nice that you're you don't have the time and that's a good thing in your world right like that means that you're busy and you're doing what you're supposed to be doing
1: yeah yeah exactly oh my and the last week's been crazy so like We launched this radio campaign a couple weeks ago. So, you know, that's financially demanding. I'm shooting a video at the end of May. That's also financially demanding. I'm getting more, I'm getting more mixes done with Cone that we just finished. So, Mm. uh, I think Eric Ratz is actually doing those, which is really cool. If you know Eric, um, and, uh, then my car broke down. Basically, my car is a write off. So so I had to buy a new car. Like I, I gotta buy one like this week. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like financially devastating, but, you know at, at the same time it's like money's just money man and yeah I'm, tw- I'm 28 years old right now and it's pedal to the metal for for this music stuff because it's like this is this is the time and i didn't i didn't want to fuck around with how i released my first song i wanted mm-hmm. to make sure i was done right and basically when mike from rpm was like do you want to take number into radio i was like this seems like the time
0: right yeah yeah so that means of course no in the back part of that that means that that there's going to be a coster cross-canada tour to promote the single and everything so when when you think that's going to be announced is that just Uh, premature at this point
1: i don't know about a cross-canada tour right now um i mean if i the thing is if i get on as a a support act for like a bigger tour then like that's definitely a possibility i know there's some things in the works right now with the lazies but that's mostly ontario Mm. um because i don't even think they're traveling out west um but, uh, yeah, it's definitely something that we're going to start pushing towards. I think, uh, we're going to follow this radio campaign up with another one, but, uh, like we're, we're just in week two of this campaign here. So yeah, it's early. Yeah. Very, very early. Um, and we're just kind of like, we just locked down a distribution, like streaming deal as well with somebody. I don't, I don't think I can talk too much about it yet, mm. but, uh, that really helps with, uh, the streaming and playlisting side of things like that takes a lot of stress off my shoulders in that sense. Um, and then that kind of, you know, plays into the radio campaign as well. Like, those numbers, mm-hmm. they all kind of work together, right? So. Well,
0: it's big time, right? Like, there's so many boxes you need to check in yeah. order to, you know, do it right, do it, you know, do it how, how it needs to be done, right? Like, and it's, it's all a gotta, fucking massive job, dude.
1: It is, and it's all got to be done in a timely manner. And now, like, social media, like, TikTok's a very demanding thing. I hate it, but... <laughs>
0: i like to think i make some pretty
1: funny shit. Yeah. so uh you know we've just yeah. been uh plucking away at the TikTok bullshit. Uh, yeah. um
0: you know, i dude, know right it's such a it's one of those like it's a uh, maddening to have to always do social media but it's yeah. so important it's insane so important, how important, it's so it important. Is. yeah
1: yeah so like one thing i've been doing like I, d- I don't know if you saw the little interview i did with justin Oh, yeah. We're um, just down, down by the lake there or whatever. Um, so that was my, my buddy Johnny who actually did the interview with him. And then he's going to do one with Cone. He did one with my manager, Greg, as well. So it's yeah. like little stuff like that to give people like, a, you know, an idea of the story, I guess, of Coster and, and such things to yeah. kind of keep them in the loop. But, uh, yeah, there's like the, the thing is once the radio campaign goes, it's like there always needs to be something happening.
0: Always. Yeah. Otherwise, you're spending money for nothing. For nothing yeah yeah how about uh rock books i've been asking uh music guys uh like to give some recommend recommendations for like rock autobiographies I, oh man you're asking the wrong guy. i haven't
1: read haven't not read big, much
0: not a big reader guy
1: not a big man uh you know there was one uh my vocal teacher back in Vancouver gave me a book. I forget what it's called, like, before the gold or after the gold rush or something. But it, it was kind of touching on the Canadian music scene from, like, the 60s to, like, the 80s. Mm. And, like, everything that was kind of going on in it. Um, that was a pretty good read. I got, like, three quarters of the way through and then I had to move.
0: <laughs> and I had to stop <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, ah! Where is that book again? Where yeah. is it? No,
1: I had, to give it, I had to give it back to Dave. I felt so... I feel so bad for not finishing it, but that was the closest I've gotten to finishing a book in quite a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Not,
1: much, not much of a reader myself, honestly.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. I mean, literally, yeah. rock autobiographies, nothing else. Like, yeah. nothing else, you know?
1: And, and I feel like that's the only thing that would interest me, too, if I if I yeah. wanted to really read it. But, like... I just don't have time, man. I just I don't, like I no, don't it's have not. time. Where the yeah. fuck am
0: I going to find a time to... Re- like, I've got a wife, two kids, two jobs. Like, when do I have the time to do that shit? I don't yeah, know.
1: We, we don't, right? And, like... Like on the weekend, I work 28 hours in two days. Right? Yeah. So it's like, where? like, <laughs>
0: just Quickly, just read that book here now that I'm home. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes, I'll go through four chapters. <laughs>
0: Let's be right back. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. La- last one, to wrap it up here. Uh, yeah. It's not necessarily a question, now, but I know for sure guys like you have these stories. So hit me with a near-death story where you're like, holy shit, could have just died there.
1: All right. um so on the way back so just i was on the road with broken love right so we yep. went all the way to vancouver to the west coast and then his band flew out from vancouver justin and i drove back all the winter way, time all yeah. the way all the way and it's funny because like on our way out west like the roads are fine we we're like this is gravy like we're doing so good nothing's going wrong and on the way back it was just terror like like,
0: every, <laughs> like It was.
1: It was so bad. So I remember we got to uh, Calgary and we were going to go up to Saskatoon to meet up with some people to like hang out for the night, which okay. like, we didn't realize how stupid of a route that was. Yeah. And like and like all of a sudden the, the GPS, we're not even like looking at where the GPS is taking us, it's taking us through like backcountry Alberta roads, right? And we get into the craziest, the craziest snowstorm. I'm from B.C., like the craziest snowstorm you've ever seen and we're going down this like this road where we don't see anybody for fucking like 30 40 minutes like nobody's on this road and we're like should we even be here and then all of a sudden like we see some lights coming towards us and uh it's just it's a fire truck it's a fire marshal and he's like you boys where are you boys going he's like there ain't nothing out (laughs) here for 300 kilometers we're like holy crap he's like listen like you guys find a place to turn around we're gonna wait for you at the at the exit down here but like do wow. not go any further
0: yeah yeah and like what are you like, dumbasses like, doing
1: yeah pretty much and that was one of the moments the other moment we were just outside of thunder bay and you know like when you're in a in a passing lane you pass on the on the left side right yeah
0: yeah
1: um we're basically we're going like 120 probably 110 120 in the van with the trailer on the back And it's like shit roads, terrible roads. And I'm sitting in the passenger seat. Justin's driving and the passing lane ends. And there's like that little gravel spot on the right. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, like we had no fucking idea this guy was coming. A semi truck going like 150 just blows by on like my right shoulder, like going so fast. And like, like I'm sitting here, like the doors here, like the metal of this (laughs) truck is like inches away from me. And there was just like... It was such a quick moment of yeah. like we could have just got so fucked, but he didn't. Oh, yeah. He just went for it, and it was like, oh my god! Like, what do you guys? It's doing? so
0: dicey. Like, and 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 the talk to the majority of musicians, man. That that's like so uh, dicey. Yeah,
1: it's uh, it's a sketchy drive, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I'm crazy. but I
0: fucking <laughs> love it. I was like,
1: oh shit, makes me <laughs> <it> feel alive.
0: <laughs> I love it. Love it. So what what's on what's on your plate for the rest of uh, 2023? Of course, you just released numb brain. Yeah, so. Um, uh, hopefully that takes off in on radio, but like w- what else is what else is planned for you?
1: Yeah, so we got uh, We Justin and I did another song um with this distro deal. I got some release commitments now over the next four years or so nice um so so that kind of you know keeps me on my toes, which is a good thing um and then just trying to get some shows the thing for me with shows is i wanna I wanna make them count right? I'm hiring yeah. my guys. I'm gonna make sure they're they're amazing shows, but I'm not gonna go and play every every bar show that Anybody offers me or anything like that, no, no, because um, you know it just kind of sets the value of who you are as an artist, I guess, in a way as well. I think.
0: Well, it doesn't make sense, man. You can't keep playing all the time. Like if you keep no, no, no. in the same place every time, they'll be, like, oh, dude, I'll catch you next time. Exactly. Don't want, don't want yeah. that. You want so people to be know. like, holy fuck, you're playing. That's great. I haven't seen you forever. Exactly.
1: And that's yeah. that's that's the move, right? So yeah, there's some more shows planned. um Cone and I have some really cool songs that are just about fit. Like one of them, one of them is a smash really like, like like it is a smash it is it's a song that i've been like kind of trying to write for a lot of years and then when i met johnny like the guy i'm living with mm. he's uh he was a rapper a producer and he's really good at like making trap drums and stuff so it's got like it's almost got like this beastie boys verse thing and then this super punk rock chorus oh, and cool. it's just this really cool infusion of two genres that uh, and the whole song is kind of like a, a joke too which it's 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 a lot of fun yeah uh, yeah people are gonna love that song that's
0: cool so you got lots on the back burners you're ready to so attack
1: much. yeah there's so much to go and i got a like i said a video of them shooting for numbrain at the end of this month here so
0: yep yep pedals to
1: the metal todd
0: deadly buddy yeah, Deadly. Brother. well you're easy to find on uh, instagram facebook twitter all at Coster music yep uh i guess that's it thanks for jumping on again buddy Good hey man you thank there. you so much i appreciate you
1: Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify at Toddcast Podcast. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows, Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow, are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.